Welcome to Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire, a pro wrestling podcast brought to you by DMV Wrestling at DMVProWrestling.com. This episode is a special report on the rise and fall of Eastern Shore Pro Wrestling. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Jeff Quentin, and I'm your host. This episode of Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire will feature Billy Bailey discussing what happened behind the scenes before, during, and after the downfall of Eastern Shore Pro Wrestling. Hi, Billy. And the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was why you wanted to talk to me on the podcast and why you think it's important that you tell everyone about it. You know, um, the wrestling business is a very special business to me. Uh, It's been in my life my entire life, and I've always wanted to have the opportunity to be a booker or the head of talent relations for any kind of promotion out there, especially in the indies. And uh, when Dennis came to me and wanted me to be involved in ESPW, I wanted to make sure that the community was involved too, because without the community, most indie promotions really don't make it. Fast forward to the whole situation that happened. It's kind of brought me to to you because I've, I've seen your post and I've seen what the articles that you wrote about ESPW and most of it was pretty truthful. I want to be clear. I'm not friends with Dennis anymore. So let's just clear that up right now. But the reason I'm here is I think the fans need to know exactly what happened and not get a story outside of either me or you or, you know, an entity that's just making up false rumors. So I just want to kind of clear the air and where I'm at right now. How did you get into pro wrestling generally and how did you end up working for ESPW and what were your roles there? Okay. Uh, well I got into wrestling a very long time ago. Uh, I was 18. I'm 38 now. Uh, it was about 20 years. So I've been off and on in the business between then. Dustin Tarr got me into the, to the business. He, uh, he trained me the right way, the old school way, hard knocks, uh, 90 degree weather pouring down, raining outside. Uh, but you still took your bumps. You still, Learned the hard way. I didn't get any handouts. Dustin didn't hand me anything. He taught me the correct way to be in the business. So fast forward, I became a referee. Um, I loved doing it. I had a couple matches. Didn't really care for the wrestling part. I'm, I'm, I'm not really built for it. I'm more built for a referee. I enjoyed being a referee. I actually felt like I was better at a referee than I was a wrestler. Fast forward some more. I take a long extended time off from wrestling and I did a Jesselmania thing for the Tar family. A member of their family was going through a struggle. Real good friends with Chris and Dustin. It's it's all known everywhere, so we might as well just get that out there. But yes, Dustin is the one that got me in and ESPW came about. It's 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 an easy story. I'm sitting here at the house. Uh, it was during the pandemic, everything was shut down. And I don't know how Dennis got my number to this day, but somehow he reached out to somebody, got my number, and um, he's like, hey, man, I'm opening up this wrestling company. I heard you're the guy to come talk to. I said, okay, tell me what you're, you know, what you're thinking about doing. He told me his spill, what he wanted to do about sponsors and for the community. And, you know, he's part of the fire company. And I hadn't never heard of this guy. I didn't know anything about a Dennis Wade C. Um, never talked to him, never knew he existed until that phone call, uh, met with him, felt like, all right, maybe this guy, give him the benefit of the doubt, let's see what he can do. 
He said, I'd like you to book. I said, okay. I said, that's, that sounds good. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, I'll definitely help you. He goes, I also want you to be the head of talent relations. I want you to tell me who you think I should bring in and who I shouldn't. Cool. No problem. Problem is, there was everybody's hand in this. There was, I'm not going to name this one guy because I don't talk to him anymore and I don't know if he wants to be named. I don't want to disrespect him. But there was another guy, me and Dennis, who ended up being a part of the booking team. And if anybody knows anything about booking, when there's a lot of heads in it, you tend to get different ideas that just kind of sometimes don't float right. It was kind of like Dark Side of the Ring last night with Best at the Beach 2000 with oh Russo my. and Bischoff and Hogan in three different Yes, directions. yes, that is the perfect way to put it. I just watched that. It's so funny you said it just not an hour ago. Yes, that is exactly the best way to put it. I never knew what I was walking into every day. It would be a phone call of something dumb that doesn't make any sense, make any pro wrestling logic sense. Okay, when were the first times you saw any red flags about the way things were being run and that things might be headed the wrong direction? Money. When I started seeing the money going away, where's the money going? Where's the money for the sponsors going? Where's the money? Why don't we have money after I just put 476 people inside the Shingatik Civic Center. Maybe that number's not exactly right, but it's somewhere in the 460 to 470 range. And I did that with a main event between two brothers who are from the island. Now, some people might say, oh, you blew that too quick. It was the only way to get ESPW's name on board with the community. I figured you get the two boys that are from the community. They don't like to be called that. And really not anymore. They're not really from here anymore. But they grew up here, so it made sense. And that was the only thing that was left alone was that main event from that first show. And I will say this, and I've had plenty of people in the community tell me this. I've had others that disagree with me, but not as many that have agreed with me. If it wasn't for me, ESPW would not have lasted as long as it did. But as soon as I started seeing money floating out for Wendy's and Taco Bell and other things out of the company's pocket, Eventually, it's going to catch up with you. I want to talk about one specific instance, which was the first encounter I really had with Dennis. Could you talk to me about how he reacted when the allegations were made about Bo Crockett? Um, so I actually got a phone call. And I, I, I will be honest with you. I'm not here to stomp Dennis completely. What I'm here to do is tell the truth. With that situation, it was my decision, along with Dennis and his brother, that we should strip him of the belt completely. That was, that was a given right off the hand. I said, well, there goes the Heritage title. Heritage title was my creation. That, that belt was supposed to mean something. The person who has that belt, to me, is the workhorse of the company. It's the guy who can put on good matches without me having to say, all right, I need this, 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 and this in the match. I need the hope spot. I need to finish. I need it all. Bo Crockett, you didn't need to do that. Bo Crockett is actually a very good professional wrestler. Minus the personal stuff. Do I agree with any of that? Absolutely not. Dennis did handle that with, a, from what I understand and from what I know, decently. He got rid of him. But there were also people who were threatening him, telling him, you don't get rid of this guy, we're leaving. So, you take that for what it's worth. What was the dressing room like in general? Was there anything 
indicating that the kind of things that were in the text messages that were leaked later were going on in the locker room before that, and was it tolerated or discouraged or just nothing done about it? Um, the I I never experienced any kind of there was no stuff to my knowledge like that in the locker room. The locker room started off very good in the beginning. There was some locker room drama that happened, I think, somewhere after the December show. And there was something that happened between two guys. And that one of them didn't really understand where we were going and got mad about something that wasn't told to us. But, but anyway, it's locker room drama. But never was there any kind of against the other girls or anything like that. None of that other stuff that I know to my knowledge ever happened. I don't know of any other text messages. He never said anything like that out of the way. But at the same time, comments you make loose leafly, you kind of figure out, well, maybe he did think that way. Did you happen to know about the text messages before they leaked out? Or was that, that a blind side to you as well, like everybody else? Uh, complete blindside. So here's the story. We were actually down at the Sheridan Firehouse when I found out about this. Me and Dennis had drove down there that day. We were getting set up for the Sheridan show, which was actually helped put on by 1CW through me, through the channels and everything. And we'll get to that later on. But we were down there. I was talking to the fire company. I was saying, they were asking me questions like, where do you want to put the ring? Where do you think the guys should change? Those kind of questions to set up for the building. Um, so I'm talking and Dennis is like, I got to take this phone call. I'm going outside. Well, he was gone for a while. I'd say it was 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm talking to all these people. I'm pretty much handling all this. Where is he? I was like, guys, I'll be right back. I was like, I looked at the door. I said, what's going on? And he put his finger up. Hold on. I was like, hurry up. You know, I got stuff to do other than, you know, after I leave there. And he actually tells me as we get in the truck, we need to talk. I said, okay, what's going on? He's like, you and Tony are going to have to take over the company. Some stuff went down. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, boom, shows me all the messages. I go look on my, my own personal phone on my Twitter, and it's blown up in 15 minutes. I mean, from Exmoor to Nasawatics, it was like 8,000 views. And I'm like, this ain't good, dude. What did you do? And then that's when he, or so I thought, the company was going to me. Not not the case. Do you know how many people were involved in that text message conversation at all, or did he talk about that at all? Uh, no, um, there was n just the people that I know of were the ones that were in the screenshots. I don't think it was a big conglomerate of people. So, What was going on internally with Dennis and, and ESPW and everyone else involved in the company after the backlash and when it was announced he was suspended and that other people would be running things because the statements changed from the beginning to the first statement to the second statement, I noticed. Uh, for me, it changed eight hours while I was sleeping. That's the real interesting part of this because he did the whole thing with, and, and again, I want to be very clear. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Sean Hardy and Sean Carlson. They got screwed in this deal, and we'll explain that later, too. For me to take over the company with Tony, I don't think there would have been heat with certain guys had Dennis had stayed. But regardless, Dennis was still going to own the company, so he still would have been like the dark knight behind the curtains. So even though he would have said that we were running the company, which he did want me to run the company, until he sold it to 1CW while I was sleeping. Yeah, that sounded like his original statement was that it was going to be that way with he would still be behind the scenes 
read between the lines of it. So that's what I got from that. Yeah, behind the scenes, but I, what what me and Tony were meaning was that you need to stay in the shadows. You can be the owner all you want, but you don't need to be seen. You don't need to be around anybody. We'll handle the sponsors. We're going to take over the full operations of the company. And I don't think his ego would allow it. Did he promise that he was completely getting out when he sold to one CW? And did they have the right? And do they have the right to feel scam now? Like I've heard them say, and I reported that they said they absolutely have the right to feel that they got scammed. Here's the thing: after clarification, and this has actually happened the last couple of days, I didn't actually get to hit you up about this. I've been in contact with the Virginia State Athletic Commission, and I am the sole owner of ESPW by legalization of paperwork. However, I'm allowing 1CW to run in Virginia through my license because we were told by Dennis and other people that a Virginia residents had to own the business in order for them to be able to promote in the state. That is not true. So that was not their fault. And the only reason we did it that way was so I could make sure that 1CW could expand because they deserved it. So yeah, they got scammed. They got screwed by a guy who has no idea what he's doing. So when did you first hear about plans by Dennis to start a new company? Probably about two days after I had caught wind of it by a worker that he had contacted to um, come back and work for him, who I'm not going to mention because, you know, out of respect. I had found out about it and I was like, no way. There's no way that he's doing this. And he did it. And he was going to do it. And I don't know what his plans are now. Don't really care. I don't speak to him. Uh, the last uh, conversation I had with Dennis was, do not contact me. I don't care, bro. I told him I don't care about whatever you advice you think. Because he actually contacted me. He's like, will you give me advice? I, no, I will not. I don't want anything to do with this guy. Some of the things that he did were just unimaginable to do in the wrestling business. I had to book around him because he wanted to be the tag champion or he wanted to be the world champion. And my booking got affected by that. So some of the things that I wanted to do, I couldn't do. And I had to take care of fixing any any kind of locker room drama, which there wasn't much. Most of the time, everybody got along. Because most of the time, creatively, I let the guys do what they wanted. Because in wrestling, if, if you micromanage and try to book everybody down creatively, they can't get anywhere sometimes. So yeah, I did the finishes, but most of the match was the workers. I just told them what I wanted. So I've heard something said about Dennis, and you can talk about this more based on something you just said. I was going to ask this at some point later, but I'm going to ask it now based on what you just said. I've heard it said about Dennis that he's a mark who wants to own his own wrestling company and have have a championship in a, re in a wrestling company that he owns. And that was one of his big motivations in starting a wrestling company to begin with. I'll say this. Who doesn't want to be a star? Everybody wants to be a star. Okay, Dustin put me in a prominent position one time on the island. I didn't even want to do it because I felt like there was other guys in the back of that curtain who were workers every day who traveled up and down the roads that they deserved to win that battle role that I won here. And it, that was nothing to do with ESPW, just for the record. That was Fusion Wrestling, who's a well used to be a well-known indie company who ran things very professional and did things well on the island here. But regardless... Yeah, I will say he's a mark. At first, I didn't believe so. But as time moved on, when I tried to book something, no, we can't do it because we got to win the titles at homecoming. We're going to end up beating Tars. Of course you're going to beat the title, Tars. You're the baby faces. If anybody ever says that the heel's supposed to go over in an angle, then they do not know what they're talking about when it comes to professional wrestling. 
every day of every week, the baby face is the guy that you're pushing that's going to go over. So yeah, at the end of the day, of course they were built to win the tag titles. Because we didn't have anybody else for them to work. Chris and Dustin come to me and say, put them with us. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if they can hang. And there for a while, things were going smooth with the angle, and I actually thought it was going to work. And it would have if they would, if he would have gave me complete control of the creative side like he said he was going to. But it didn't happen because it either had to be a title or, you know, I, I was waiting any day for him to say, all right, well, let me win the world title when things got really bad with the company. He never said that. But I was waiting for it. But tag titles, absolutely. He wanted him and his brother to win it. He wanted to have that moment. And I guess if you're a promoter, and I say this to all indie promoters, stay out of the ring. Do your job behind the scenes. It's going to help out so much. Because he just, it was a big headache for me. It was the hardest. I, I realized everything on what not to do in the business booking. It gave me an education on what not to do. Okay, were there any other things that you wanted to talk about with ESPW behind the scenes that happened that were exa more examples of of problems that caused it to lead to the downfall? Poor management of money is the biggest thing that I can think of. Poor management of money, not not giving me and his brother the creative freedom to 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 let us follow through with the endings of angles before him being a roadblock with the rest of the angles, like it. it I want you to, you know, and you can do it for yourself. Fans, you, anybody can go to Papa Scott Productions, look up ESPW, and look and see how many times Dennis Wade C is on that show. He comes out at the beginning, makes some kind of announcement. There's an ESPW Hall of Fame. Why is there a ESPW Hall of Fame when we only had about six shows? Things were done to make sure that he was on camera as much as possible. Now, as far as backstage locker room drama, like I said earlier, with the guys, me and Tony, and, and even, you know, there, there just was none. Everything was fine with the locker room and the bookers, but when the money goes haywire, and you want to go get some legends, and you want to get your name out there, and he wanted to quit streaming on Twitch, which, yeah, there was a couple times of shows that we did on Twitch that really wasn't worth it, but there were also other times where, like, 500 people were watching at once. It's called getting your product out there. And he didn't know how to do that. You may not want to talk about this, but I mean, I'll, I'll ask it because I mean, I don't think based on what you've said, it doesn't sound like unless he gets a major change in his way of doing things and some other people to come in that his new company may not be that successful moving forward. No way. No way. No way. Not, now, I'm not saying that anybody can't be successful in anything, but there's no way impossible that that will work. He will, he will, he'll do something dumb. He'll say something that he's not supposed to say like, and it, he, he just has no filter. And you know, that catches up with you when you own a business, you have to watch what you say. And, and you're out of wrestling now, right? I don't want to be, but he's caused me to be, I fell out of love with it. Do you have any advice for anybody who he might approach to work for his new company and how they should handle it? <laughs> I wouldn't waste your time. I, I would go find somewhere that's that some, some reputable company like MCW or, or, you know, try to get booked somewhere where, where, where you're going to learn something every day or a company like one CW 
or you know uh, somewhere that's gonna that, that that knows what they're doing that has a a safe ring which we had a safe ring so that wasn't an issue at ESPW but I, I'm just saying in, in general like I, I would just stay away stay away you're not it's not gonna go anywhere and if it does hey then I'm wrong and I'll say I'm wrong but I don't see it. And do you have any advice for anyone new to the pro wrestling about how to judge any company that they might be working for or thinking about working for and to look for what other potential red flags besides money they should look for and be aware of at any new company they're approaching? If, if you're being told one thing and, and it's done another way, that's one. And, and what I mean by that is as far as the way you get booked, as far as the way you're treated, are you treated with respect? Are you paid good? Are you paid like crap? Are you, you know, there's just, it's, it's so many factors that you really can't name a few things. It's the overall wrestling business. You've got to learn it. You've got to understand it. You have to be knowledgeable with what you're doing. You can't just be anybody and say, I'm going to open up a wrestling company. It's not that easy. It's not. And do you have anything else you would like to say about your time at Eastern Shore Pro Wrestling? Uh, 50% of me wants to say it was the worst experience I've ever had in the wrestling business because it really was. And the other 50% wants to say, damn, I did a good job. Because, and, I, and I'm actually proud of myself with that because, you know, you, you look at most indie companies around the United States, some of them might draw 50, 60, 70, maybe 80, maybe 150 people. But I, I was drawing 260, 270, 300, and the workers were busting their butt for me. And, and I just want to say this, and, and I'm glad I have a moment to say this. I want to thank every single one of the guys that let me book for them and trusted in me to, to, to do the right thing and, and make the right matches. And to the guys that had fun, I'm glad you had fun because it was a wild and good ride for the most part, other than bad business decisions and one quick question to add on to that even though that was a good conclusion i want just to remind people what community you were booking in to to get that size crowd yeah um this this uh this there's nothing against the the island of uh, shingatig at all it, it's 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 a very community driven area so they take everything. All right, what's it doing for the community? So you want to do something for the community. And and to his credit, he did try every show, toy drive or something. And we did raise money for the community. And But there was other money that went other places that I'm not sure where they went. And that's questionable stuff. But yeah, man, definitely. Like, it, it, it was wild. I don't have any questions right now unless there's any something else you'd like to talk about or say. Uh, just um, one CW, man. You know, everybody needs to go out and watch these guys. They're, they're really trying their hardest to, to put on a great product for the crowd. Uh, they don't try to screw people out of their money. They don't try to tell them one thing and, and, and say something else and change the card 500 times. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. And it stinks that they got involved in this and got screwed the way they did, man. That's really all I got to say. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to get on here and do this. Thank you for being on the show. And we'll talk to you sometime later. And good luck in the future. 
All right, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire. Now for our credits. I'm Jeff Quentin, and I'm the host. Our producer is Scott English. If you'd like to contribute to the free cost of this podcast and receive a mention in these credits, please contact us at dmvprowrestling at gmail.com. Our production assistant is Josie Quentin. Musical credits are in the notes for this episode. Thanks again for joining us and talk to you again next time. <laughs>